We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world with all its power and might steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. On today's show, I'm going to discuss the one thing that very few people are discussing regarding Joe Biden's press conference last week. Oh, we've heard repeated commentary about him cheating, about the press corps treating him with kit gloves. But the one thing nobody's talking about is one of his primary contentions in his opening salvo, and that is we need to send our kids back to school. No one's asking the question, why bother? I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Welcome to today's Rebellion. So the topic for the day is Joe Biden's press conference as of last Thursday. And you've probably digested it over and over again. You've read numerous stories. If you watched the press conference, you saw some of this for, before your very eyes. You saw the cheat sheet that he had, the notes that he had that prepped him for the questions from the various different journalists before he even knew what those questions would be. Hmm, that's curious, isn't it? You saw the story on how he snubbed Steve Ducey's son because he didn't want to respond to any questions from a Fox News reporter. You know, he has the right to do that. Biden has the right to do that. I'm sure Trump and others ignored reporters that they found to be contentious or irritating, but the fact that Joe Biden was so prepped, that he had notes, that he actually was able to anticipate, as if looking into a crystal ball, the exact questions that would be asked, and he had notes before his very eyes that gave him the answers to those questions should disturb you greatly. I saw one headline that suggested that the president of Russia, Vladimir Putin, would be envious and is envious about the way the mainstream media treated Joe Biden. If our media doesn't do its job, if it's not prepared to report the news accurately and honestly, if it's not prepared to be bipartisan, if it's not prepared to set its political agenda aside and actually guard, guard the mind, if you will. Now, why do I say that? You can corrupt any mind by feeding it garbage all the time. Like I've said before in a previous commentary, garbage in, garbage out. Over and over again, I've re referenced Richard Weaver's 1948 seminal work because he was arguing that ideas have consequences. And it's the job of the ivory tower, but it's also the job of the media to make sure that the ideas that a culture consumes are ideas that are grounded in truth. And when the mainstream media becomes the purveyor of lies and does so proudly, your culture's in trouble. That's what happened in the Soviet Union, the USSR. 
when Pravda, the national newspaper, the national news agency, was controlled by the government and everybody knew it. Therefore, every newspaper that was produced and published within the country at that time was assumed to be deceptive by the people. The people knew it. I've heard people that um, say that in Poland, when it was part of the Eastern Bloc, controlled by the communists, that the citizens of Poland knew, whether they were Catholic or Protestant or atheist or agnostic, they knew that the government was lying to them. They knew everything that they heard from the government was nothing but a blatant lie. And are we coming somewhat close to that reality here in the United States right now when you know that the mainstream media is biased? Oh, some of you may say, well, Fox has its own bias. And the other conservative outlets have their own bias. I'm not sure I agree with that fully. I'm not sure I agree. It's kind of like people would say, well, Piper, you have your bias the way you digest the daily news. You're, ex- you're exposing your bias right now. Well, in a sense, yes, but I'm admitting it. I'm saying I'm a conservative. I believe in conserving ideas. I believe that I should be a conservationist. I believe that there are ideas that have been tested by time, defended by reason, validated by experience, and revealed to us by Scripture, God's revelation. I believe in that quadrilateral, and I'm going to use that as a grid to evaluate any news story. I'm going to use it, that quadrilateral, as the basis for anything and everything I say, and you know that. Now, I believe that quadrilateral, that grid, that basis, that foundation, gives me the ability to be more objective in looking at the news than somebody who denies those very things and starts resting on their own wisdom, their own authority, their own opinions as being somehow superior to those things that are self-evident, endowed to us by our Creator right there before our very eyes. It was self-evident that Joe Biden had a cheat sheet. That's self-evident. It's self-evident that the reporters were asking him questions that he apparently knew were coming. Now, that one may be a little bit further stretch. You, you say, well, you have to be reading somebody's mind to draw that conclusion. Uh, I'm not sure about that, because when you watch the actual press conference take place, you saw Biden looking down at his notes to answer the question even before the reporter was finished asking it. That's curious, isn't it? When have you seen that happen before? Did you ever see that happen with Donald Trump? Did you ever see that happen even with Barack Obama? Anyway, the press conference, the press conference excuse me, was very, very enlightening in some ways, but very, very frightening in other ways. Let's take a break. When we get back, I'm going to talk about Joe Biden's contention in his his opening statements in his press conference. That's what I want to talk about, not his response to questions. I want to talk about his very brief opening statements, where one of his primary, primary concerns was that we need to get kids back in school. 
We need to move beyond locking them down in their homes, as we've done for the past year, and making them either skip all education and just not go to school at all, or making them go to school, quote-unquote, online. His contention that our students need face-to-face time with their teachers, that they need to get back in school. I'm going to ask the question, why? Why bother? Why is that priority for you, President Biden? And why is that a priority for your administration? And if you nodded and agreed with him when he said that in his press conference, why? Why? We should be asking that question. Why? Why is face-to-face time with teachers in a classroom in a real school important? Why? So that's going to be the entire show after the break. Remember that if you'd like to subscribe to The Rebellion, you can do so by going to patreon.com backslash Dr. Everett Piper. That's patreon.com backslash Dr. Everett Piper. Also remember that my new book, Grow Up, Life is Not Safe, But It's Good, is due to be released in about two weeks, April 13th. April 13th, the release of Grow Up, Life Isn't Safe, But It's Good. Go to amazon.com right now and pre-order it. Grow Up, Life Isn't Safe, But It's Good. Let's take a break, acknowledge our corporate sponsors, and when we get back, we'll talk about why it's important to send your kids back to school so that they can have face-to-face time with their teachers in your public schools that are controlled by President Biden and the Democratic Party. I'm Dr. Everett Piper. This is The Rebellion. And we will be right back in just a couple minutes. Okay, welcome back to the rebellion. So in the press conference, the first one that he's had, you know this, he hasn't even bothered to have one. They've been keeping this man somewhere, I don't know where, whether it's in the basement or whether it's locked up in the Oval Office, I don't know. But He hasn't had a press conference until last Thursday. This is the longest time frame that's ever taken a president to come forward and talk to the American people after he's been elected. So this past Thursday, in his first press conference since taking office in January 20, 2021, Joe Biden opened with some brief comments before he turned to the press to take questions. Now, in his opening salvo, the president said this, and this is a quote, It's time to open the schools. Students need the eye-to-eye contact. They need to be with teachers in the classroom. Close quote. So Mr. Biden made it crystal clear that the education of our nation's youth is one of his top priorities. Good, we say. Great for him. I'm glad he did. You're an educator, Piper. You obviously agree. Hmm, Not so fast. I have a question. And here it is. Why? Why? Why bother? Why does President Biden think it's so important to get our kids out of the house and away from their parents and get them back in school? Why does he believe that face-to-face time with their teachers should be a top priority? Why? Did anybody bother to ask why? What exactly is it that he and his administration want to do with your sons and your daughters, your grandsons and granddaughters. What what does Biden want to do with them when they return to our nation's public schools? 
or even private schools for that matter. What are Biden's educational goals? What will the curriculum be? What are his ideological priorities? What's he want our students to actually learn? Isn't that the point of education? Shouldn't we be asking that question if you want to send our kids to school? Does our president want your progeny to learn how to add and subtract accurately? Is that one of his goals? Well, if so, then he better demand an end to the pablum being peddled by teachers such as Brooklyn College's Lori Rubble, who argues that, quote, the idea that math is in any way objective is a myth, close quote, and that, quote, two plus two equals four is trope that reeks of white supremacist patriarchy, close quote. Yeah, that's true. She actually said that. Two plus two equals four is trope, and it reeks of white supremacy. Well, does Mr. Biden want our 10 and 12-year-olds to understand the basics of biology when they go off to school? Does he want them to understand physiology? Does he want our boys and girls to understand the science of what makes them boys and girls? Well, (laughs) you know where I'm going with this. If he does, then he might want to reconsider his choice of Dr. Rachel Levine as his assistant secretary of health and human services. Dr. Levine apparently missed that class about physiology and biology in med school. Does Joe Biden want our junior high and high school students to learn how to speak and write correctly? That would be a reasonable goal, right? Reading and writing and arithmetic, rhetoric. Well, if that's his goal, he might want to ask his new education secretary, Miguel Cardona, to immediately stop the nonsense of advocating for institutions like Rutgers University, where the English faculty have officially altered their writing standards to incorporate what they call critical grammar into their pedagogy. What's that mean? Here's what it means. It means discarding pronouns such as him and his and he and hers in favor of gibberish like z, zim, zis, and zers. That's what that means. Well, does... President Biden want our students to learn of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s dream of becoming a nation that judges people by the content of their character rather than the color of their skin. Is that one of his goals? Well, bravo if it is, but if so, the president might want to take another look at the 1619 Project that he and his party and his Department of Education are now pushing into nearly every school in our country. And as you've heard me say before, this is a curriculum that's so laden with the assumptions of racial division, of us against them, of blacks against whites, that its co-author, Nicole Hannah-Jones, has actually said that white people are barbaric devils, quote, 
a savage people, quote, and bloodsuckers on our community, close quote. How about this? Does our president want to protect and guard the innocence of our youngest students, our five and six-year-olds who are in kindergarten and first grade? Is that one of his goals? Does he want them to learn the basics, the basics of morality and manners? To quote the Apostle Paul, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is pure, and whatever is right— If that's our president's desire, then maybe, just maybe, and call me crazy here, he might want to reconsider and cancel a few drag queen story hours rather than Dr. Seuss. Just maybe. Here's my point. It's a point that I make over and over again on this show. It's a point that's implied in the tagline for the show. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. You see, Mr. President, education in and of itself is not, I'm going to say it again, is not necessarily a good thing. Piper, I can't believe you said that. Weren't you a university president? Didn't you make your entire career from the time you were 21 to the time you retired? Higher education, the ivory tower, the academy, learning, pedagogy, andragogy. Don't you believe in education? Absolutely, I believe in education. But stop and think about it, people. Education in and of itself is a neutral thing. It's not necessarily a good thing. It's like an empty glass. You can pour water into that empty glass and it will nourish you. It makes the glass the purveyor of goodness, of a necessity, of something you need to live. Or you could pour poison in that empty glass and guess what? The glass no longer transports anything that's good. What's in the glass will kill you. Education in and of itself is not necessarily a good thing. Good ideas lead to good education and bad ideas lead to bad education. Hat tip to Richard Weaver. And sending your kids back to schools that teach the crap that Joe Biden and his political party are shoveling is not education that will end well. Drag queen story hours while maligning Dr. Seuss is not education that will end well. Telling your students that 2 plus 2 equals 4 is trope and the product of white privilege won't end well. Embracing The 1619 Project that even honest progressives and liberals have said is historical garbage written by Nicole Hannah-Jones who calls white people savages and bloodsuckers on our community will not end well. Like I said last week in my commentary with regard to this curriculum in California, 
that calls for counter-genocide. Well, what could possibly go wrong there? That's not education that will end well. History tells us that our schools can be used for both noble and nefarious ends. Schools in and of themselves are not good things. They can be used for noble ends, 2 plus 2 equals 4, or they can be used for nefarious ends, 2 plus 2 equals 4 is trope. Stalin knew this, Mao knew this, Castro knew this, Hitler knew this. After all, you've heard me attribute to him this quote over and over again. He who controls the textbooks will control the state. The despots of history knew of the power of education, of the power of getting all of your kids in public schools, their schools, with face-to-face time with teachers like Nicole Hannah-Jones. At the end of the day, education is about propagating ideas. That's the point. But you can propagate both good and bad ideas. You propagate ideas through education in the minds, the hearts, and the souls of the generations that follow you. But more face-to-face time, more face-to-face time with teachers who teach bad ideas rather than good ones will only lead to more anger, more resentment, more selfishness, and more sin. Back to one of my opening quotes. Your grandmother, or your aunt, or your mom. Garbage in, garbage out. Back to one of my go-to sources. Richard Weaver. He warned us, you should be able to quote me on this before I even say it. Richard Weaver warned us in his 1948 seminal work by the same title that ideas have consequences. There's no such thing as a neutral idea. Nothing lies fallow. All ideas will bear fruit. Good ideas, good culture, good kids, good community, good government good church. Bad ideas, the opposite. Solomon once said, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart. Same thing. Same thing. Ideas matter. What you teach your child will have a bearing on how he behaves as he grows older. If you teach him goodness, with God's grace, he won't depart from goodness. If you teach him things that are bad, you probably are condemning your own children to behave badly. You're pouring poison into their soul rather than nourishing water. You're filling the empty glass of education with sewage rather than things that will nourish If you want a virtuous nation, Mr. President, then you might want to reconsider sending our kids back to the schools that teach vice. One more time. 
if it's a self-evident truth that somehow sending your kids back to school, getting them out of the house, away from the parents, and getting them in front of real teachers in a real classroom for quote-unquote real education rather than virtual education, then you might want to reconsider what you're teaching in those schools. Because if they're teaching vice rather than virtue, you're going to get violence and vengeance. You're going to get victimization. You're going to get students believing the wrong stuff. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. Why do I use that as the tagline for the show? Because we live in times of universal deceit. We live in times when our schools are guilty of deception rather than decency. Our schools have bought the lie. Our schools are afraid to stand on the side of the parade and say, we think the emperor is naked. He has no clothes and we're going to teach your sons and daughters to be able to see it. We're going to give them the ability to actually see the facts and we're going to give them the courage to confront Lies in times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. Our education will be grounded in truth. Our mainstream media will understand the truth. Our teachers will teach the truth. We won't be embarrassed to teach that two plus two equals four. And when some crackpot educator suggests that that's trope, and the product of white privilege, we're going to say, what are you talking about? Math is an objectively based science. So is physiology, and so is biology. And when we start teaching people to ignore all of these objective realities and objective truths, we're going to get a subjective culture that is grounded in feelings rather than facts. And they're going to reverse Ben Shapiro's tagline, that the facts don't care about your feelings, and they're going to start saying, our feelings don't care about your facts. Don't tell me that 2 plus 2 is 4. I feel differently, and therefore that's my reality. Don't tell me to use accurate pronouns and proper grammar. I feel like saying something different. And your attempt to impose upon me your structure of communication is nothing but white supremacist, colonial, European, European, Anglo thinking. If that's where we are in our educational establishment, if that's what's going to be taught to your students when they're sent back to schools to get face-to-face time with teachers, then your response to Joe Biden should be, no, I don't want my kids to go to school. I'll find something better for you. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.